0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Fourth Estate, the show where journalists talk journalism and a bit more besides. Coming to you from 2SER in Sydney on the Gadigal lands of the Aurora Nation, right across Australia on the Community Radio Network and directly to your device across the globe via podcast. My name is Peter Frey and my producers today are Anthony Dockrell and Michael Jones. Yes, I do need that much help. Coming up. Donald Trump has dubbed them fake news hundreds of times since he came to power, and now it seems the mainstream media in America has had enough. Over a 100 papers and web titles in the U.S. are coming together to counter the prolonged attack on their integrity. Is this a much-needed fight back or a case of too little too late? Tom Ballard's program Tonightly, yes, I'm sure you watched it, has been axed less than a year into its existence. Was this a case of the ABC moving on from a problematic, possibly unfunny attempt at daily satire? Or did the minister, Mitch Fifield, get a win? And also, trial by media. We've had the coverage of Emma Hussar and Ben Robert-Smith. Has laid bare the media's role in what has sometimes been called the national blood sport of pulling down a tall poppy. Does the media have a case to answer for, or is this just a nasty, nasty case of Sarah Grapes from Hussar and Robert Smith? And finally, and in honor of one of our guests tonight, Fairfax has released what might be its last full year's results, announcing a $63.8 million loss. Take that, Channel 9. Is this a sobering reminder of the hard road ahead for our media giants, or just a case of the decks being cleared before 9 takes over? Assuming it does. Joining me in the studio and across the country, we have Margot Saville, is a freelance journalist and editor and a contributor to Crikey. Welcome, Margot. Thank you. (laughs) Kylo Lusikian is a freshly minted journalist for Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. He is also, I should say, the first host of this esteemed program. And until a minute or so ago, he worked for the Daily Telegraph in Canberra. Hello, Kylo. Hello, Peter. And joining us on the line from Melbourne is Andrew Rule, Associate Editor of The Herald Sun, a multiple Walkley Award winner and, incidentally, a co-writer of the Underbelly Books. Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Peter, and the panel. Well, yes, and thank you all for coming uh, and sharing your wisdom and erudition with our listeners. Let's start in the U.S., More than 100 newspapers in the U.S. will publish coordinated editorials in response to President Donald Trump's sustained attack on the media. The initiative was started and coordinated by the Boston Globe and is asking all newspapers and titles involved to publish on August the 16th, calling for an end to the dirty war on the press in that country. The large metros like the Houston Chronicle, the Minneapolis-Star Tribune, Miami Herald, Denver Post are also uh, signed up as are a load of small regional papers. Um, we, I think we're all aware of what Donald Trump has been saying about the news media, but here's a little example from August, uh, August the 5th. The fake news hates me saying that they are the enemy of the people only because they know it's true, in, in caps. I am providing a great service by explaining this to the American people. They purposely cause great division and distrust. They can also cause war. They are very dangerous and sick. So is this a much needed initiative from the mainstream media or is it destined to fail? And as the media in the US have been getting on with the job of covering the news, uh, but now it feels time to speak out against Trump's abuse and lies. Was it time to fight back Kyler?
1: Uh, well, you know, how many editorials did did the newspapers publish saying don't vote for Donald Trump? And that did what? Absolutely no good whatsoever. There's nothing worse than newspapers reporting uh, on themselves. And I think this is largely a waste of time. Um, why this is this you... a wank? Is that what you're saying? Uh, basically, yes. Okay. I was being more polite than that. Sorry.
0: It's, it's, it's but idiot. just get
1: on with it, really. I mean, just report the news. And, you know, what, what are people going to be reading the editorials go, oh, my God, this is absolutely ghastly, we better vote this guy out. Come on.
0: Yes, uh, uh, Andrew, Does do you think editorials change anything at any time?
2: Uh, Peter, sadly, as you know, I've written quite a few over the years, ranging right back to the old Herald days.
0: Yes.
2: And um, I rather suspect not. And um, uh, I think um, you're right about this, Tyler, uh, that in effect no-one's going to read 100 of them or 10 of them or four of them and get the... the um, Cumulative effect. They're only going to read one or none, so there's not a lot of point really.
0: No, okay, but a gesture, a gesture, a gesture though that's nonetheless valid in some ways, isn't it? I mean, yep. in insofar as say, Mar- Margot, isn't it just an example of the news media saying, "Well, enough is enough. You've impugned our integrity. You've caught us worse than being caught at fake news. I think is being called the enemy of the people." So. Maybe it's time we fall back.
3: I think it's a really dumb idea because it's like telling people to eat oatmeal because it's good for you. I mean, who does that? I think if you want to make people care about journalism, you have to sell journalism as a product. Think more about a marketer. Don't impose your journalism on other people. Find out what people want and give it to them. And... You know, the best advertising is emotional, so you have to find a way of connecting people's emotions to journalism and make them really care. Or you can be like Donald Trump and Breitbart. You can frighten people, and that works as well. But if if the news organizations of America want more consumers, they're going to have to sell themselves.
0: Mm, rather than talk about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. There's nothing
1: worse than journalists talking about the ethics of journalism to their readers. I mean, that's not what you know, people... No one is sitting around going, oh, I wonder how the news media works. They just want to read the news.
0: Oh, well, I wonder whether the the, the fellows you just left and the women you just left in Canberra are often wondering about the uh, the, the news media, aren't they, Kyla? The, who's well, you know, the liberals, uh, you know, I mean, they seem obsessed with journalism at the moment, certainly well, with the ABC.
1: Well, they... Well, I mean, the AB, that's a separate issue. I mean, that's yes, that's a, right. that's an issue of... I mean, we're going to probably talk about that well, we but are, nightly, but, but yeah. that's one of, you know, public money more than more than mm. the idea of journalism, I think.
0: If, if uh, Andrew, uh, I know yeah. you've written a lot of fine editorials. I actually have read many of them, in part <laughs> because I think you and I wrote a few of them together. He's we saying, might have. We might have, we might have. Um, uh, and they were all uh, they were great work. Uh, do you think, though, that there is a... Well, I guess... If, if someone said to you, if, uh, if uh, 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 the bosses at the Herald Sun came to you and said, hey, this thing is happening in America, all this attacking Trump about you know, fake news and enemy of the people stuff, yeah. Andrew, would you write the editorial today that sort of chimes in with that? What would you say?
2: Uh, I'd say how long. <laughs> How many centimetres? You are a true I mean, I, servant
0: of the people, Mr. Rule. You really well,
2: are. Really, I mean, <laughs> they pay me. They ask me to write things. Uh, I write them. I wouldn't be. It's not an It's not a fancy thing to write. It wouldn't sort of go against the grain. I think. I think that Donald Trump has reached that stage, that sort of critical mass, quite a while ago now, where even those conservative people who. Wanted to sit back and at least give him a chance. Have now said no, no, this is no good. Mm. Um, And I think mainstream opinion is probably against him in reasonable circles. Mm. And and that's not a sort of a, you know, that's not. I'm that's coming from a reasonably dry, reasonably conservative person in me.
0: Mm. Mm. Do you think? Would you agree with that, Margaret? In a sense, what the media says, and as we're all kind of saying here, I think what the media says isn't and nowhere near as important as what the the voters think.
3: Well, I did read a very horrifying piece on Twitter the other day saying that they'd surveyed you know vast swaths of American and found out that they're not going to change their vote. So, um, Mm. you know, I was completely wrong about Trump getting in in 2016 and I may be completely wrong about him getting back in 2020.
0: Well, I guess we'll look to the midterms, won't we? Mm. Uh, Okay. Let's move on to uh, real-life satire, because I often think that Trump is some sort of bizarre satirical (laughs) show foisted on the world and we're all going to wake up and it's the Truman Show type thing. So um, the ABC has knocked off... The uh, satir, satirical, the alleged satirical show, Tonightly, it's been Axton, and the last episode is going to air on the seventh of September. So this news came hot on the heels of the ABC successfully defending a complaint made by made to ACMA by the communications minister Mitch Farfield, in which he complained about a sketch uh, that lampooned the the father of Melbourne, John Batman, and calling him the c word. Anyway, the ABC got off on that one, but fresh on the heels of that, as I say, tonightly has been axed. Is this a win for Mitch Fifield, Andrew Rule, or is it just basically a win for good taste?
2: Uh, both. Um, <laughs> he, here's the thing. You know, when you're the seconds player, Peter and panel, when you're the seconds player and there's trouble at the footy club, you get it in the neck pretty smartly. The, uh, the champion full forward tends not to. Uh, when you're this guy Ballard, who can't rate and can't get an audience, he's uh, got to be very careful to keep his nose clean, which he hasn't, because it's a good excuse to ax him. So he's no loss, and it suits everybody to ditch him for all, for any any of the above reasons, including the fact that
0: no one wants to watch him. Mm. Well, well, not many. You know. No, eighteen thousand, so, I think it was. So, Kyler, is this uh, you watched tonightly? Mm-hmm. I mean. I is think the a, number
1: was 32,000 that oh, I saw reported 30. in The Guardian. Oh, was it 32? Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought I Just saw Just to be 18. fair to... No, fair enough. Fact check me. I'm yeah. all
0: for fact checking. Um, is it funny? Was it funny? Is oh, a look, great I loss? Found it,
1: I found it, you know, moderately amusing. I, I'm not really a great reviewer of Australian comedy. I find, personally, that most ABC comedy comes from uh, the same, uh, about 10 people who, you know, they've they've managed to get a stranglehold on ABC comedy and that's all we've shown. But, you know, to me, if it's cancelled, it's cancelled and it's not... No great loss, only... The only great loss, the only part of it that's a great loss is that the ABC seems to have taken a step back from doing anything that's kind of interesting or original or trying something new out. Um, mm. You know, maybe that's and maybe I, they can do something else, and I
0: think that's the broader point, Margot, isn't it? I mean, part of the reason, not the only reason. I mean, one of the reasons is the ABC now has a whole channel devoted to comedy, which is a lot of air. It. It's got a lot of a lot of content. It's got to find, but one of the other reasons, of course, has been the success of the likes of John Oliver. And the fact that a lot of surveys uh, of people in the U.S. and elsewhere say that people get their news from such shows now. And that's in part the reason for doing a little segment about it on Fourth Estate. So tell me, what do you think about this? Satire as a form of news. Is this a new genre of news, do you think? Or maybe it always has been?
3: I think I just remember my parents watching things like The Frost Report. When I was a child from England, I think the ABC has always had those kinds of programs. Um, I think it's um, impossible to do nightly without a massive team. I mean, you look at mm. John Oliver and people like that, they've got, you know, tens and tens and maybe even hundreds of staff. And I think Tom's staff was too small and perhaps they were all stretched a little bit too thin. Perhaps he should have just done it weekly.
0: Mm, yeah, a daily or what is it, four times a week uh, show would be, um, uh, well, a massive challenge. Mm. Do you Going back to this original point about Mitch Fifield, I mean, the uh, so there's not really been any secret in this ongoing stash on many areas of the ABC versus Fifield versus Turnbull in part. Uh, do we chalk this one up as a win, Kyler, to the minister or is this...? I mean,
1: only the, someone at the ABC could possibly tell you what they were thinking when they cancelled sure. that show. I mean, that I guess, you know, the minister's made no secret that he wants to hold... I mean, I guess if you ask them, the line will be that... You know, we, there's all this money going to the ABC, and all we're asking is that for very basic standards to be upheld. And and when they're not, you know, we reserve our right to to complain about that. You know, he's not forcing them to do anything. It's a it's a complaint that is made, and often the complaints, particularly about the journalism, go through some sort of ABC process. I mean, you know the, the complaint about M. Alberici or the number right. of them. You know, the ABC itself came back and said, well, yes, here was here were a series of errors that we found. So it's not like the minister. I don't think it's particularly improper, because the Minister's not actually forcing them to do anything, apart from just have a look at at the journalism that's produced and say, yes, that's fine, which they did in in many cases, and no, that's not fine, which they did in a bunch of other cases.
0: Mm. So this one isn't particularly an exemplar of anything, other than perhaps poor programming.
1: What's that, sorry, tonightly? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, some people like Swear Words on TV.
0: Yes, I know. Sir is on TV. The c word. Have we crossed Andrew Rule, Have we crossed the line? And we know it in the situation where the c word is okay. In, I think it
2: is in uh, certain settings in dramas where it fits the drama. I personally don't like it in something like this. I think it's um, bunged on for effect. I see it as sort of juvenile. Um, I, see, I, see, I see a naughty schoolboy, I don't see mm. a convincing portrayal of, of you know, a villain in a drama who mm. needs to use it to get it right. Uh, I just think this guy's he shouty, he's sweary, he uses the techniques of a stand up in front of a camera which basically don't work. Mm, fair enough. Stand-up, and, yeah.
0: can, I'm gonna leave this tonightly uh, segment, but I did you know, you are, if you like, a representative of the fine city of Melbourne and I just wanna know what was what is it about John Batman? I mean what, is there anything it, in his the dead past it. It's set, Rex Hunt. He's a. It, and we'll leave that little bit of rhyming slang for interpretation of ACMA. Thank you so much on that bit. And and now we're moving on to the media, the media and how it conducts its business. Um, it's been truly hotly debated um, in recent times. First, there was BuzzFeed's revelations on Labour MP Emma Hussar, which resulted in her announcing uh, eventually that she wouldn't contest the seat the of Lindsay in the next federal election. Um, uh, and that was after, uh, it seems, most of the most sensational allegations against her have not really been stood up. And she mm, could, have, could have withstood an investigation into her behavior. We'll get to that bit in a second. And then, unrelated to the Hussar story, has been uh, Fairfax Papers, who have been looking uh, into a series of allegations of uh, war crimes and mis- other misdemeanors, alleged misdemeanors by the very decorated VC war hero Ben Robert Smith and uh, his attempt to have these allegations suppressed, and now it's being uh, looked at by the Inspector General. So both Hussar and Robert Smith are complaining about trial by media. Let's look at um, Emma Hussar first, Kyla. Uh, Mike Seckham on ABC's Insider Show at the weekend questioned the media's role in this, saying that they had become pawns in a factional battle of the New South Wales Labour Party. Does he have a point?
1: Presumably, he then went on to blame it on the IPA Murdoch um, and a whole um, you know a bunch of other you know crazy things that he likes to chalk up everything to. Um, look, I don't you know perhaps it was you know it, there was a lot of you know factional play. I mean that's sure. that's beside the point. I mean. Alice Workman and Buzzfeed reported on a certified fact that is the New South Wales Labor Party was investigating one of its own federal MPs. I mean that is a piece of news. Absolutely. There's no way around it. That is a piece of news. Now whether you should have, you know, where they should have gone and detailed all the allegations or not, I think that's really not that important. I mean that the investigation part that's 100% news and here are the things that they're investigating. If you put it in that way, I mean how could you possibly argue that people shouldn't know about that? I mean that's the I just don't. I just don't understand. So
0: your point being that the allegation of you know the claim of trial by media is hogwash.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, these these are facts that that are happening. I mean, Ooh. not not the allegations. They were obviously allegations. Sure. But the investigation was a fact, and these were the allegations that were being looked at. You know, Emma Husar did did not have to resign. That was Ooh. her choice, or you know, maybe that was you Ooh. know what happened Ooh. within Labor. But I mean, that's. That's just the, the way it comes. I mean, a lot of people drew comparisons between that and what happened to um, Barnaby Joyce, uh, which, you know, Shari and I were reporting on, so I know it fairly well, and have kind of drawn, oh, well, you know, everybody, everybody knew about Barnaby Joyce and didn't write anything, but, you know, the second something happened about Emma Hussar, you know, stuff was written. I think that's a completely false comparison. Are you suggesting, yeah, then, right.
0: that shows the sort of left-wing bias of the media?
1: No, I'm just suggesting that people have it very wrong when they're trying to make these kind of silly comparisons mm. because, oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, the, I mean, the, the comparison trailer. that you can make with the Barnaby Joyce... Uh, episode mm. is, a, is when the Daily Telegraph reported that the Nationals were investigating allegations of sexual, um, you know, some, some, I can't remember exactly what they were, but some sort of sexual misconduct on behalf of Barnaby Joyce mm. uh, and and a, and a member of the Nationals. That's the comparison. You know, when, once you find out about the investigation, then I think you can you can report
0: on it. So, Margo, just sticking with the Emma Hussard thing, has the media done a pretty good job on that
3: I've- or not? I find it really annoying that whenever um, a progressive woman is criticised, t- Twitter erupts and says, you're only saying this because she's a woman. And I firmly believe we're not going to have true equality till we have the same type of women at the top as we have men. And I didn't see all those people complaining when Alice Workman, who I think is a brilliant journalist, um, did reporting on Michaela Cash. Mm. Um, so I think there's a gendered aspect to this. And I think that having 20 people making complaints about a parliamentarian is enough for a story. I agree with Kyla. I think it's a really good story and it would have been negligent to have dismissed it.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I think you're both incredibly right. Uh, Andrew Rule, can we move on to a war hero? Yeah. Ben Robert hero. smith is a VC winner. Yep. Uh, a very rare thing in this country, as we all know. Um, and he was the subject to a very deep investigation, including by the, you know, the longstanding investigative reporter Chris Masters mm. uh, into a series of allegations, which, um, yeah, probably didn't do a lot for his reputation, it's fair to say. It's very interesting, I think, that the Australian has taken a very different approach to Fairfax in on this story. Um, I, I guess I could argue. Well, that just shows the health of, uh, if you like, media plurality in this country. That the, the Fairfax takes one view and the Oz takes another. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? Well, uh, Peter, I think that,
2: to be realistic, and of course we're, we're speaking in a cone here, a cone of silence. I hope, well, and I hope this. Well, this will be brought, anyway. Well, it will be.
0: <laughs> it
2: might no, be. <laughs> um, I think it's. Uh, Um, a very tricky state of affairs because soldiers in the fog, I know it's a cliche, but Mm. um, if you've ever been anywhere where there's danger, and I've just had been just close enough to be frightened, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the fog of war is a real thing, fear is a real thing, and it's a very different case to be involved in war, and I think a lot of terrible, terrible things happen in all wars, and everybody that's been in them says that. Mm, and that mm. people that have been in them, if you talk to old-timers and they feel like being frank, which most of them don't, mm. uh, they will all say that these sort of investigations on either side are sort of pointless because that terrible stuff happens. And I don't want to go into all examples of that, which I know of from. Not. But, um But the whole thing's very distressing, and yet I find that a lot of it,
0: fairly believable. I yeah. Bad well, so things th- do happen. Uh, well, indeed, bad things happen at war and at sea, as we know. And I guess the question is in the heart of this is uh, I think, you know, you make the point that, you know, a lot of things happen in the fog of war and things that are beyond our understanding as, you know, people have never been uh, close, you know. Uh, and certainly never been on the action line. I mean, journalists are, you know, tend not to be uh, exposed to it. Some of us have been, but not, not many of us. So we don't, we're talking about stuff we don't know, but doesn't, does that necessarily excuse, uh, stop us from reporting, and does that right. give any substance to this claim by Ben Robert Smith that he's being trialled by media? I
2: don't think we can have a situation where we say, you know, the media's not allowed to report. Uh, we've got here a classic example of, one organisation breaking a story, and the other organisation, and this could easily be reversed. This whole thing, mm. the other organisation um, picking up the ball and running back the other way, because that becomes a story in itself. And we all know how that works. That that the Ben Robert Smith camp, which is a large and um, sophisticated one, really, is uh, you know Channel Seven mm. are going to. Spin and leak, uh, and try and organise the news to put him in the best possible light, and that's that happens, and that's what has happened. And well, is that a healthy you, thing? I mean, is that, as I um, said, is
0: that media plurality in action, media diversity in action? It is. It is. It, okay. I mean, putting aside motive for a second, but it, in in its you know, it is what it is, right? once the media is it, or is it a case of the media being used? Uh, It's
2: undoubtedly being used, but it always has been used by all sorts of people for all sorts of reasons, and uh, the truth often lies somewhere in that murky no-man's land. Ah, indeed. In the middle.
0: Where we've all been, I know, where we've all Mm -hmm. been. You are listening to The Fourth Estate, and joining us uh, this evening, uh, Margot Seville from, well, I want to say lots of things. You've done so much in your career, crikey, being only a small part of it I've
3: worked for you as well Peter
0: I know and it was a great pleasure (laughs) I hope it was for me (laughs) Kyle Lisekian how does it feel being working for Fairfax Uh, pretty good so far
1: I've been I'm very jet lagged so it's all been a bit of a blur it's all a blur
0: and also uh, Andrew Rule on the line from Melbourne Associate Editor of the Herald Sun um, Walkley Award Winner Gold Walkley Award Winner Golden Quill winner. How many Golden Quills do have you actually won? Oh, I think only the one, Peter. Only um, the one.
2: The only, only um, Golden Quill winner to have ridden the winner of a horse race. Wow,
0: well, there uh, you go. Allegedly, there you go. That, that's the fun fact, isn't it? And well, I believe fact- you're coming up to Sydney to have breakfast with Winks.
2: I am. She's my girl.
0: She's your girl. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. you you you're a multifaceted man. You really are. Um, let's finish on uh, a, a subject very close to all our hearts, which is uh, the media and its capacity to make or not make money, in particular Fairfax. So Fairfax has released what could be their final year results as Fairfax. And it paints a somewhat complex picture. Um, you can only read so much into uh, the results, as as we all know. But Greg Highwood, the CEO, has announced a sixty three point eight million dollar loss. That's made up of a net profit of a hundred and twenty four point nine million dollars, which is dragged down by one hundred and eighty eight point seven million dollars in adjustments, among such things as redundancies. One of the well, maybe this is the last lot of redundancies as well under the Fairfax name as well. So. Uh, We can go into the whys and wherefores of all that, but Margot, uh, like me, you're a former Fairfax person. When you see these sorts of numbers, what what do you think?
3: It's like when you get married and you've got to put two households into one. You have to go and clean out the cupboards and get rid of a whole lot of rubbish. So they've just been taking out the trash. So basically the accountants would have just been going through every department they could and find things to jettison before they actually join Channel 9, because 9's the dominant partner.
0: Mm, mm. Uh, Interestingly, Kyla, and I I won't put you too much on the spot because I know you're uh, you're a a member of this fine empire right now, although are you a member of Fairfax or 9? That's another question for another time perhaps. Fine. 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 He's fine. (laughs) I'll I'll take that. That's fine. Uh, Regional papers are feeling the pinch, and the drought is doing them no favours, and that's going to continue. And... Mm. um, And it's kind of hard uh, from this point of view, uh, from this vantage point of seeing that uh, will nine keep them. That's another question that we'll explore in another program, I suspect. Uh, Domain has long been singled out as Fairfax's golden child, but they recorded a $6.2 million loss. So, Carla, you just joined the company. You're feeling good about that? Yes, quite good. (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh,
1: Why? Well, because if you look at the results, you can see that the Metro Publishing Division, of which I am now an employee, uh, had a rise in earnings, I think, for the second year in a row. Um, You know, revenue slightly down, but earnings up. And it looks like we've, you know, put on several, you know, thousand online subscribers. Uh, and I saw some um, some commentary. Actually, uh, you were quoted in it, Peter, in the Financial Times today. Oh, really? Um, they um, had also spoken to someone significantly more knowledgeable than you, which is a, <laughs> which is an investment manager who oh, said yes. that so you know they... much more than I <laughs> <been>. <laughs> But no, but in terms of the finances, they 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 were talking about um, how the at least the the global trend is towards. Um, reputable um, news organizations once again, cyclical etc, but for instance, you see it with the New York Times and washington post et etc and and they were suggesting that perhaps you know look i, I, I don 't know anything about the regional public publications, but at least with the City Morning herald and the age you know there 's there 's certainly a story to to tell in terms of you know digital subscribers are coming coming on pretty quickly, earnings are going up, and if if that global trend Kind of comes into Australia, then you know these papers are in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I should say, I mean, they've just hired me. Yes, they've that, hired a few other people from the Daily one, Telegraph at the same time. That would so, be fifteen million. Well, it could. <laughs> I know. Well, there's their profit gone. But yeah. you know, but if it was all, if it was all awful, I'm sure they weren't going to be opening the doors to you know multiple new hires. while they're trying
0: to say. No, money. because let's face it, you're not cheap. <laughs> i like to think that. <laughs> nice. Andrew Rule, one way, one way. I mean, I'm I'm sort of reluctant to ask someone who's employed by news to comment on Fairfax, but I, I would maybe make a, uh, ask you to think about a broader point, which is the point that, you know, one of the ways of looking at these results, and just warming up on what uh, Carla just said, is that maybe uh, there is a greater um, willingness by uh, audiences to pay for good content. What do you think about that?
2: I think it's about time, and it's what should have happened from the start. We gave away um, the media in general, mm. muffed its chances, and did terrible things, which is you know, a subject you know all about. Mm. Um, I think everybody should pay and pay up. I, I actually subscribe to my own publications as well as others.
0: You really? really? Don't they give and you I, a free
2: one? I buy newspapers. I buy uh, no, magazines right. and I buy books because I think if we're in them, we get paid by them. Yeah. It's crazy if we don't
0: support them. And you also have breakfast with horses. I do. Yes. <laughs> you are a particularly wonderful person. What's I on the menu? Oats. Oh, what is on the, on the
2: menu? Ocean? That no. is a very cruel... No, no. <laughs> Didn't mean the
0: horse. I was just asking
1: what was on the menu. So... Um, oh, I'm not sure. I hope not... Um
2: Hope not uh, no, actually, that's... Not that horrible. We're not in France, <laughs> oh are we, uh,
0: Mark? I'm going to leave the last word with you. Uh, it's been a wonderful fourth estate. Thank you all for coming. Uh, so, should we? Um, I know we all, by nature, want to be optimistic about the future of journalism, but in all reality, should we be? I mean, have we got the right to? When we see results like the Fairfax results, and we, you know, I mean, when you balance this all up. Do you think uh, it's a great time to be alive as a journalist?
3: I think it is a great time to be alive. I think things can only go up from here, it can get better. And I think that Trump and Brexit and all the things that have been happening around the globe have made people more aware of good news and accurate news. And I see New York Times, The Washington Post and now The Herald, subscription revenues going up. Um, so, yep, I'm pretty optimistic by the paper.
0: Buy the paper, buy the, subscribe to your website, so, uh, listen to or uh, listen to the Fourth Estate, of course, but uh, buy the Herald uh, for all sorts of reasons. Subscribe to Crikey, get a subscription to the Herald Sun, buy a book, ride a horse. Thank you all so much for coming. Uh, this has been the Fourth Estate. I would like to thank Kylo Lusikian. No problem. Anytime. Uh, yes, and all the best in the new uh, job, whatever it might be. Thank you. Uh, Margot Seville. Thanks for having me. It's been a great pleasure having you. And Andrew Rule, who's probably about to file, about to get on a plane, about to probably meet Rupert Murdoch, all those things and probably a lot more. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, This has been Peter Frey. I'd like to thank you all for listening and come back next week when Anthony Dockrell will be in the hot seat for another wonderful edition of The Fourth Estate. Good night.